Good evening, everybody. Today's date is November 26, 2019, and this is the week of Thanksgiving. My name is Fernando Mendez, your host of the Padres Mission Podcast. Now, why do we call it the Padres Mission Podcast? Well, the home of a friar is a mission, and this right here is your mission for San Diego Padres news, opinions, and big events. Now, where can you find the show? Obviously, you've stumbled upon it, but you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or just about wherever podcasts can be found. Now, if you have it in your heart, you have the generosity, the beginning of this holiday season, I would very much appreciate a review on any of those outlets that I just mentioned. Um, Hey, I love five-star reviews, but if I haven't earned it yet, by all means, that's totally fine. Now, I want all the constructive criticism I can get. So please rate and review uh, my podcast. is the best way for you to show your support. That's the best way for me to get better. Another way to get a hold of me is through my email, FernandoMendez2295 at gmail.com. If you're a fan of what I do and you just want to go ahead and, you know, pop in, get to know me a little bit more, you can go ahead and follow me on Instagram. I follow my life through photos that I that uh, I try to make seem as amazing as possible. Uh, my Instagram is the real Fernando Mendez. Now I want to go ahead and apologize for the delay in putting out this podcast. I was pretty sick last week. I had strep throat. I had laryngitis, so it was just a mess. Uh, I've also been traveling a lot for work lately, but uh, what can you do? I'm not the only one who travels a lot for work, and uh, I like what I do, so it is what it is. Uh, I also put out a new podcast photo, so if you guys like my horrible editing skills, go ahead and let me know, but uh, this is just kind of a temporary photo. The photo is still a work in progress. Now, that all that boring introduction stuff is out of the way, let's get to the real meat of this sandwich. Now, a couple, uh, like a week and a half ago now, I put out a Facebook and a Reddit post that got a lot more attention than I was hoping for, which is amazing. Now, I was scrolling through Facebook one evening and on the uh, Arizona Coyotes uh, fan page, yes, I am an Arizona Coyotes fan. This year is fun so far. But I guess we'll see if we make the second playoff appearance in our team history. But that's a different topic for a different day. Anyway, so I saw this post. And it was supposed to be directed toward hockey players. But I thought to myself, you know what? This would be a fun episode to make a podcast about. So that's exactly what I wanted to do. So I made this post and I posted it to both Reddit and Facebook, like I said. I posted on the San Diego Padres Fans Uncensored page and the Padres subreddit. And I really just wanted to see what you, the fans of the San Diego Padres, had to say uh, to this question. Now... The question is, who is your one player you were convinced was going to be great that never amounted to anything? All right, so for those of you guys who haven't gotten to listen to that question, I am going to go ahead and let you properly digest that. We'll be right back after this. And we are back. So once again... The question was, who is your one player you were convinced was going to be great that never amounted to anything? Now, what does that mean? A, the player had to have shown some kind of promise, whether it was in the minor leagues 
for, you know, on the major league level for a single season. Uh, B, I, I want to try to aim for high-level draft picks. Obviously, you know, in baseball, there's just so many draft picks that uh, some of these aren't going to be, you know, super high-level draft picks, but they did show promise. And C, uh, or they have to be part of some high, you know, leverage trade. They were a huge prospect that was, you know, supposed to be the meat of a trade. Now, I want to go ahead and set the record straight here. This is not in by any means meant to target any specific person or player. And this is not supposed to be a bash session. So for anybody, you know, who comments later on when I post this episode on, uh, you know, Facebook and whatnot, I don't want anybody to go ahead and just start, you know, pounding me about like, oh, no, this player was awful, yada, 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 this is why. Uh, You know, this is supposed to be fun. Uh, I have the privilege of being fairly decent acquaintances with several major league baseball players, most of which are former Padres or current Angels. And um, I certainly do not want to bash any of those people because they have all been amazing to me. And it's not right for us to bash people. We don't know their stories. A lot of these guys have just been plagued with injuries or or something. or They've had to fight demons. So this isn't meant to be a, oh, this person should have done this, this. This is definitely meant to be a could have, would have, should have segment more for fun. So let's go ahead and just air out that. Put it out there, okay? So... I'm going to go ahead and read the list of the names that I saw the most off of Reddit and Facebook and just conversations I've had with Padres fans personally. Okay? Whew. All right. Get ready. Ruben Rivera, George Averis, Sean Burroughs, Matt Bush. Okay, Matt Bush is going to be on another episode, so let me just go ahead and put that out there right now. Will Venable, Ben Davis, Josh Barfield, Khalil Green, Donovan Tate, Jed Jerko, Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Antonelli, Kyle Blanks, Jesse Hahn, Matt Latos. Uh, I even got a couple of Scott Harrisons. Okay, so there are way too many names on that list to tackle in just one episode. So we're going to go ahead and do a second episode on this topic because this is going to be a pretty fun topic in my opinion. Okay, so I'm going to take the top names that I got and we're just going to roll with them. Okay. So number one, Jed Jerko. That was definitely the name I got the most. Now that might surprise some people. Um, Jed Jerko is still currently playing in the league. Okay. So Jed Jerko, his biggest year was 2013. Okay. Played in 125 games. Now this was his rookie season with the San Diego Padres, he was 24 when he got called up, okay? He had 525 plate appearances, 121 hits, 26 doubles, 23 home runs. So that was a pretty big number right there. That's the second most he's ever gotten in his career. The most was 2016. He got 30 home runs. But, I mean, 23 was sizably the second best. No, okay, well, in 2017, he had 20 home runs. So, you know, he's only ever really been over the... 15 line four times so uh he uh, 23 home runs like i said 63 rbis uh got walked 33 times and had a batting average of 249 okay he came in sixth in the rookie of the year 
awards uh, voting. Okay, now Jed Jerko was a second round pick for the San Diego Padres. Okay, and that was in 2010. So you know that's a pretty high leverage pick. That's exactly what you know what I said. Okay, now let's talk about his career so far. Okay, so far in his entire career, he's been worth. 10.4 wins. Okay, that's his war. 630 hits, 112 RBIs, and a career batting average of 245. Not stellar. I mean, not amazing. But in 2018, their career major league batting average was 248. Okay, so we're going to be referring to that number a lot. Okay. So it seems like, you know, nowadays people just don't have the high average that they used to years and years ago. So 248. So he is below average for his career. If the average was 248, he's just below average. So take that for what it is. Okay. Next guy we are going to talk about. Khalil Green. Okay. Now this one is going to hurt some Padres fans. Trust me, it hurts me. Now, 14th round pick, or sorry, so he was originally drafted in 2001 by the Chicago Cubs in the 14th round, went to Clemson, and then he went back in the draft in 2002, so he didn't sign. Got drafted in the first round by the San Diego Padres, he was the 13th overall pick, 2002, okay? So, once again, high pick. So, his best season was 2004. Now, this was his true rookie. Well, he, he played in 2003 for, what, 20 games? So that was his true rookie season. But what they count as his rookie season was 2004. Now, this is when he almost won the rookie of the year, and he probably would have. But, uh, you know, injuries. I, I, is this the year that he punched the brick wall? It very well might have been. But we'll get to that in a second. So 2004, played in 139 games. Pretty good. Pretty good. 554 plate appearances during that season, okay? 132 hits. 31 of those were doubles. Four of them were triples. So I brought that number up because I thought that was pretty impressive. 15 home runs, okay? He was never really a power guy except for 2007 where he hit 27 home runs. No idea where that came from. But uh, back to 2004, he had a batting average of 273. Okay, so that was probably his best season. Now, let's talk about his career overall. So he only played a total of seven years. He was worth 8.5 wins. That was his war. 628 hits, 90 home runs, and he had a batting average of 245 for his career. So overall, not amazing. And that one hurts. I know... It hurts me. I mean, Khalil Green, oh my goodness, such promise. That glove was stellar. His glove was amazing. I can't stress that enough. If you guys have never seen Khalil Green play, if you're, you know, younger or heck, even older, and you just never really had the privilege of watching him play, just go on YouTube, type in Khalil Green highlights. There is highlights for days. Now, he was pretty good. What could have been, right? What could have been? Uh, unfortunately... He, you know, had his own hurdles that he just couldn't climb. 
But uh, man, he was great, and uh, I, I wish I could see him play once again. All right. So next on this list, Sean Burrows. He was on this list a ton. Everybody, almost everyone had Sean Burrows on that list. Okay, so let's talk about Sean Burrows. So Sean Burrows was drafted in the first round, ninth overall pick, nineteen ninety eight. Yikes! The World Series, so close. This was what the Padres were hoping was going to put him over the edge, right? Because at that point, they still had hope in 1999. Little did they know that year would just not work out at all. But uh, Sean Burroughs, if you guys haven't had a chance to read up on what happened with Sean Burroughs uh, after 2006, you probably should. Uh, he had a lot of demons that he had to fight. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Let's talk about 2004 for him real quick. So 130 games, okay? Uh, 564 plate appearances, 156 hits, okay? Two home runs, I mean, he was never a power guy. I mean, what do you get? 12, 12 home runs in his career. So yeah, I mean, that never, never, never a power guy. 298 batting average, that is incredible. 298 and even the year before that, 2003, also just about played 146 games. So he played even more games. 286 batting average. His rookie season when he played 63 games, 271. It just decreased and decreased. 2005, he went down to 250. In 2006, he went down to 190. He only played eight games. And that's just kind of where it fell apart for him. That's really where it fell apart for Sean Burroughs. I pulled up an article here uh, talking about what happened with him. You know, in 2000, and when he was 21, he was on Sports Illustrated, and Sports Illustrated touted him as the next can't-miss prospects. Life is about experiencing everything you can, he told the magazine. I don't know how my baseball career will go, but I know I want my life to be an adventure. And unfortunately... An adventure was exactly what he was in for. He developed a addiction to multiple drugs. And uh, there's even an article here on ESPN that says, Burrow says he was so desperate and paranoid that if you picked a couple particularly bad days in 2010, you could find this Little League hero, Olympic gold medalist, and former big leaguer eating cheeseburgers out of a garbage can yikes yeah Sean Burroughs uh, I mean perfect example of you know what happens um, you know when and if you do fall into the wrong way of life um, you know it's really unfortunate for Sean Burroughs he was one of my favorite Padres back then uh, MVP Baseball 2005. I, I I used to love playing as Sean Burroughs. I'd always use him in those little mini games where you have to, uh, you know, try to like hit the tractor and you can't hit it in like the little vortex or your ball comes backward and you start losing points. Always used to use Sean Burroughs because his contact was always amazing. So you used to be able to place the ball exactly where you wanted to. But uh, yeah, no, Sean Burroughs, that's a rough one. Um, if you or anyone you know is having problems with substance abuse, uh, please find the necessary help. Uh, please 
go to anybody who's willing to listen. Uh, you can always email me or Instagram me, and I'd always be willing to point you toward the right direction. But uh, I just want to go ahead and put that little disclaimer out there. Uh, gosh, yeah, Sean Burroughs, that's a, that's a rough one. All right, uh, let's go ahead and move on. Jesse Hahn. I got Jesse Hahn a lot. Now, his 2014 was, dare I say, I mean, I'm not going to say it was incredible, but for what it was, it was pretty darn good. Okay, so 2014 with the San Diego Padres, his only year with the Padres, 7-4 record, 3-0-7 ERA, so pretty good. Played in 14 games, started 12 of them. Pretty good. Not too bad at all. But overall in his career, hasn't really amounted to much yet. Uh, he was a six-round pick in the 2010 draft. So, you know, once again, there there was high hopes for him. Now, uh, apparently he did pitch last year for the Kansas City Royals, but only pitched in six games. So, And, and his ERA was 1350 so, I mean, yeah, it hasn't really amounted much. Career, one war. So he's got one win single-handedly. He's got an 18-21 and 21 record, 433 ERA. Jesse Hahn just never really panned out the way the Padres fans wanted him to. Uh, luckily, they did trade him in 2015. So, you know, we didn't really get to see his full potential. Who knows, maybe if he would have stayed in uh, Padres blue, at least at that time, now it's brown. Hey, go brown! The, uh, you know, maybe things could have been different for Jesse, but uh, unfortunately just didn't amount to that. All right, now another one is Matt Antonelli. Now, Matt Antonelli uh, has a very, very, very entertaining YouTube channel. One of my favorite channels out there. If you haven't gotten a chance to uh, look him up on YouTube, go ahead and do so. Uh, it's just his name, Matt Antonelli, A-N-T-O-N-E-L-L-I. Uh, seems like a very, very nice guy. I've never had the opportunity to meet him, but um, I definitely like what he does over there on his YouTube channel. So if you have the opportunity, go ahead and give him a listen. Now, he's he's interesting. He was a first-round pick in 2006. Now, his problem was just injuries, and you know that's not something he can't help you know injuries are just going to happen there's a lot of very 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 great players whose careers were just robbed by injury I mean uh, Derrick Rose is a big one in basketball sure he's still playing but you know you you just wonder what if he never would have got hurt Tracy McGrady Josh Hamilton you know he has his own battles that he's fighting off the baseball field as well. But you know injuries were a, a pretty big th- a reason why he was you know struggling. But um, I mean those are just it is what it is. So uh, 2008 was his only real year with the San Diego Padres, and uh, he played in 21 games. Had a batting average of 193. He only got 11 hits. So, never really had the opportunity to see what he could do there. But, um, you know, he, he always showed promise. He, he always did. Now, um, you know, if you want to listen to more about Matt Antonelli and his story, once again, check out his, Insta- his uh, YouTube. Uh, it, it's great. And he does a great job in elaborating on his career. And, um, yeah. All right. And last but not least, I mean, this one's just for fun. I, I 
was only going to cover five, but this one's a pretty big one. I did see his name thrown out there a lot. Matt Latos. Now, um, I've had the opportunity to meet Matt Latos a couple times, and he seemed like a nice guy. I know he's had his own off-field issues recently. So if you want to go ahead and read about those, uh, go ahead and do so. But uh, I'm not going to uh, touch that one with the 12-and-a-half-foot pole. So uh, go ahead and type in Matt Latos and uh, see what pops up. Go to the news section. (laughs) So Matt Latos, his best season was 2010. Oh, my gosh. 2010 was amazing. There is a reason why us Padres fans were super excited. He was actually eighth in the voting for Cy Young. 2010, don't you guys remember it came down to the last game of the year for the Padres to try to make it into the playoffs against the San Francisco Giants? Last game was Tim Lincecum versus Matt Latos. Now, that Padres team was great, but we can probably do an entire episode on that team alone. So if you guys want to go ahead and see that, uh, go ahead and let me know on my Instagram or email me. But that one should be a very fun episode one day. So 2010, 14 wins, 10 losses, ERA of 2.92. Oh my goodness, those numbers were insane. He didn't. He never came close to mirroring those numbers again. Let me see. His lowest ERA after that was 3.16. That was in 2013 with the Cincinnati Reds. He had a 14 and 7 record. Not bad. Not bad. Started 32 games. So, you know, pretty good. Uh, Overall, though, his career just, you know, wasn't as amazing as it could have and should have been. 12.7 career war, 71 wins, 59 losses. Hey, he had a winning record. An ERA of 3.64. I do want to say that most of his, you know, the reason why he's probably not on a team anymore at the age, especially at 31, is probably just his off-field things. But, um, you know, another topic for another day. Um, all right. Now, I have one more segment that I want to go ahead and cover. But uh, I need to go ahead and take a quick break. So we'll be right back after this. And we are back for the final segment. Now, um, I made my own list. Now, I try to think out of the box a little bit. And try to go for a couple of names that nobody really said. I think maybe I saw one or two of these names. Well, I saw one of them once. Besides that, uh, one of my friends said one, but this was a couple years ago. I don't even know if he remembers any of these guys. But all right, let's get to it. All right, first guy, Kevin Kuzminov. Who remembers Kevin Kuzminov? Show of hands, show of hands. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure most Padres fans remember Kevin Kuzminov. I mean, talk about promise, right? So, Kevin Kuzminov. Actually, a funny story about Kevin Kuzminov before I get to his stats. So, it was, I want to say it was either 2008 or 2009. It must have been 2008 because I was uh, in eighth grade. Uh, I was singing the national anthem with a choir group. And I had to get there very early, obviously, because we had to A, practice, and B, be there early enough to go on the field Um you know, get on our marks, learn our marks, things like that. So um, I got there, you know, maybe like three, four hours before the game. So, I mean, before gates even open. And Kevin Kuzminov's down there working out. Uh, I run down 
uh, give him my hat to sign. And he did. He was the first autograph I, well, second autograph I ever got in my life. First one was a Ozzy Smith, but uh, once again, another story for another time. Um, and he kind of started my uh, want and desire to collect autographs. Now I have over 300 autographs. It's one of my favorite things to do before baseball games. So uh, thank you to Kevin Kuzminoff if you're out there for uh, giving this boy one of his first autographs. It was my first autograph I got in person. So thank you once again. So Kevin Kuzminoff, 2008, that was his best year. He had a batting average of 260. Pretty good. Once again, this year's or last year's 2018's average was 248. Uh, 23 home runs. 84 RBIs. He was a six-round draft pick, okay? So after 2008, he only got to play three more years in the league. His career, he was only worth 7.8 wins. So his war was just about eight. He had a 257 batting average. Career, eh, 87 home runs. Remember, I said that 2008, he had 23 home runs. That means that that was 26% of his career home runs. A little over a quarter of his home runs happened in one year. Yikes. He had 371 career RBIs, so he never really panned out the way that Padres fans or perhaps even baseball fans would have hoped. All right. Next person on my list. The eighth round pick. Clay Hensley. Anybody remember Clay Hensley? He was even on Fox Sports a couple years ago. 2006 was his, dare I say, best year. I mean, he never really had a stellar year in the majors, but 2006 was probably the best year he had. He had a 371, a 3.71 ERA. Once again, maybe about average. A little below average, maybe. 11 wins, 12 losses. Yeah, it was a losing record. Not much I can say about that. Career, well, he only amounted to 3.3 wins above replacement. And had a, a career win-loss record of 28 wins and 34 losses. Career ERA was 4 on the dot. And after 2006, he only played 3 more years. So he didn't last as, you know very long at all. Okay, 2 more. All right. So the next one, number three, Tim Stoffer. And I've had the chance to meet Tim Stoffer. I used to work at Petco in Del Mar uh, about a year ago. And uh, Tim Stoffer used to come in from time to time, get some uh, stuff for his fish or for fishing. Not too sure, but he would come in and get uh, uh, like brine shrimp and things like that. So and he, he was a nice guy. I never really got to say, hey, Tim Stoffer. But, you know, I, I recognize him almost the second he walked in. He has a pretty distinct face. Not in a bad way. Okay, 2011 was his best year. And let me just say that Tim Stoffer had so much promise. So much promise. Pinky swear kind of promise. Just never panned out. 2011, 3.73 ERA, 9-12 record. So, I mean, that record wasn't very stellar. But, I mean, people know exactly what I'm talking about. He just, same injuries. He just never really had a healthy 
time. He was a 36-round pick. So, I mean, the Aldridge is always stacked against him. The fact that he even made it to the majors is remarkable. And the fact that people, you know, had so much faith in him was remarkable for a 36-round pick. But, I mean, the guy showed flashes. You know, the Janet Jackson flashes we talked about in the past episodes. So, career, he played 10 years. So, I mean, that's not bad. 3.8 wins above replacement. 33 wins, 34 losses. So he almost got an even record. Eh, close. And an ERA of 3.97. What can I say? You know, he unfortunately just kind of fizzled out. Okay. Now, last but not least for this episode. Corey Lubke. Oh, Corey Lubke. He was so good when he was healthy. I mean, I remember... When I had uh, MLB, like, was it 2K12? They had Roy Halladay on the cover. I always used to play with Corey Lubke because, you know, that was really the only time he was ever healthy. 2011 was his best year. Now, the record isn't really going to display that, but, I mean, people can remember that. 2011, he was pretty dominant. Six wins, ten losses. Once again, that's not really going to reflect how good he was. His ERA was 3.29. Pretty good. Career, 2.4 wins above replacement and a 10-win, 11-loss record for his career. He was an 18th-round pick. So, you know, once again, odds were never really quite there. But, I mean, the guy definitely, you know, got some people excited. And, you know, it's unfortunate that we never really got to see what he was able to do. Well, this was a very, very fun episode for me to do. If you guys liked it... uh, Please, once again, go ahead and let me know. Uh, You guys are the reason why I do this. I I love talking baseball. And, um, yeah, I'd like to do it again sometime. So let me know if you guys like this style. And I'm going to go ahead and at least definitely do one more about this particular topic. (coughs) My apologies. Because there's so many names that I didn't get to cover. And there are so many names to cover. So uh, if you like this podcast, please. Tell your friends. I'm trying to do whatever I can to organically spread this product around. So, uh, you know, go ahead and tell your friends. Let them know that uh, there is a mediocre podcast that uh, is just getting ready to start. Uh, And, you know, just getting uh, off the ground and that I'm uh, trying to do whatever I can to make this podcast better. Uh, If you have the opportunity to, please review my podcast. Uh, If I would appreciate a five-star review. But if I haven't earned it yet, by all means, let me know so I can go ahead and do my best to improve this podcast. Uh, and once again, just go ahead and share with your friends. Thank you guys so much for joining me this evening. I hope that you and your family truly have an amazing Thanksgiving and you guys take the opportunity to enjoy it with the people you are thankful for. Uh, I know I will indeed. Everyone have a great night and one last time, have a safe Thanksgiving.